Welcome to episode number 39 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. It is the Dominic Hashik episode. We will dominate this. <laughs> the Dominator. Um, boy, he was fun I to woke watch. up that computer. Yes, you did. Uh, Russ Cohen, Jason Mertitis. Follow Russ on Twitter at Sportsology. Uh, follow myself at Jason Mert. Follow the podcast at Stick to Hockey Pod. It is episode 39. We're at the midway point of the season, a couple days after, as a matter of fact. Real quick on Hashik. Um, we, we really don't have like a definitive plan today. We're going to bop all over the no. place. Um, and i got a bunch of different things to debate with you. But Dominic Hasek, where does he rank all-time for you in goaltenders in NHL history? Because the Hockey News just put out their oh, release theirs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's in the top five. I, I would say he's somewhere around four or five. Okay. So who, would you, do, who do you have won, Patrick Waugh or Martin Brodeur? No, Brodeur is number one. I, mm. I've seen enough of Brodeur in all kinds of circumstances. I know Ranger fans' argument is he's always had great defense. When they made it to the Stanley Cup that last time, he didn't have great defense. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have great defense after everybody like Stevens and Niedermeyer, Niedermeyer were gone. So I felt like those years for Brodeur really showed his greatness, even more so than the, than the other. So Brodeur's yeah. one. To me, he's number one for a couple of reasons, too. And, I, and people always hit me with that argument that, well, he had a great team in front of him. He only saw 22 shots. I will tell you firsthand from playing the position, when you have 22 shots, it's harder than when you have 32 now, shots. Now, we're just going to do modern day. Do you want me to talk about... You don't want me to talk about Frank Brimsick or like Jacques Plante. Are we, are we just going to yeah, go more like modern, modern day? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But but I will tell you that he would go long stretches in games. I've heard Steve Valaket talk about this, and he go long stretches in games where you see like one shot in twelve or thirteen minutes. True. And believe me, at that position, standing there by yourself, and just rush comes up the ice, automatically goes the other way because you're running that system of whatever the left wing lock or trap or whatever you want to call it, but. That's hard to keep your head in it mentally. Yeah, and he had great. You do dura- a lot of talking to yourself. He had great durability. Like he oh. was, he wasn't hurt much at all. Yeah, and the other part for me is that he had to completely change the way he played the position based on the fact that goaltending changed so much and the equipment changed. And he ate more. Yeah, well, yeah, he was a big boy. He's portly. <laughs> That, he was portly, right? Like yeah. that's like the right word for him. He did finally get into really great shape, mm-hmm. like the last few years of his career, though he did. Yeah, and the thing that's interesting is that. He always played so many games. Like being his backup was like one of the great jobs in sports because you got paid, but you never played. You just practice. One of the really funny things is one time we went to Sean Avery's restaurant in New York City, and there was a a notation in the book, and I can't remember it was from Avery or from a fan that talked about Prodor being fat, like in the uh, guest book. Oh, jeez, <laughs> it was funny. Uh. Very interesting stuff. All right, so a lot to get into uh, today, Russ. We're going to get into some uh, midseason awards, kind of revisit that, because we're basically just a little past the midway point of the NHL season, and there's been some surprises. I mean, the fact that Johnny Gaudreau is where he is uh, and how he's performing, he's been sensational. And look at Calgary in particular, just as a team as well. Yeah. Um, So we'll get into that, but let's start out with a few news and notes, and we're going to bop around here uh, in regards to the Philadelphia Flyers, because these are very interesting times right now. when Chuck Fletcher was named the general manager, there was an assumption that he was going to come in and shape, make some trades, player trades, shake up that room, yes. and try and save a season. Yes. Now, every other general manager in the league knew that the Flyers, if they were going to save a season, had to do that, therefore killing his leverage. Right. So he opted not to make a move as of yet. And now we know that this season is, in fact, lost. Well, he did make a move. He got Mike McKenna. Come on. Well, he claimed, to, yeah, their <laughs> seventh goaltender off waivers, uh, but that, which is crazy that they've had that many I still think goals. they're going to hit eight. Mark oh, my words. We're only at the halfway point. Right. They're going to hit double digits. Yeah, they're going to hit eight for sure. Yeah. They're going to break the record. Although, did you know that 
Scott Gordon was number seven back in Quebec. the day with Quebec. That's yeah. pretty funny. That, it all comes full circle. It does. Um, but that being said, they haven't made a move yet. Not, the, the obvious candidates are out there, and there's a lot of smoke right now around Wayne Simmons. And we've talked about uh, Wayne Simmons and that he's an he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, palatable contract, adds a lot to a team trying to go on a cup run. But it would behoove the Flyers to trade him sooner rather than later because that you get more value for him now than you would in February 25th. Yeah, I, I think so, especially since there's a little uptick in his game the last three or four games. I would trade him now. I don't know why you wouldn't. I, I think there are teams that would take him now. I think the Maple Leafs, who have been scouting the Flyers for weeks on end with maybe one game off, I, I think they would be very interested. They're probably number one on the list. I, I think Calgary might be interested. I, I think, you know, Edmonton still might be interested. Maybe he, they think he would save their season. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a, a, a good four, five, six teams that would be interested. Yeah. Now, the one team that's being bandied about now, and you just you referred to it, the Leafs, um, what would a, a return look like for Wayne Simmons at this point? Well, Are I, you looking at a second-round pick? I, I think they would look for a kid from Voorhees, New Jersey, uh, Kasperi Kapanen. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I think that's where they would go. And if they didn't get Kapanen, I would go Brocco. Brocco's leading the AHL in assists. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to test how badly Kyle Dubas wants this, knowing that he's going to need some toughness, and this is a year where they're almost expected to make the conference final. Yeah. So go for Kapanen. If you don't get Kapanen, you know, you could ask for Liljegren. You might not get Liljegren. But just keep going down the list. They have a fair amount of prospects. You're not going to get Sandine. But I think you, you don't want prospects. You no, you want somebody, yeah. you want a player. Like, if they got Brocco, they could bring up Brocco. He could play right now. He's just not mm-hmm. playing today for the Leafs. Yeah. So, Brocco would be a very good one. I would go Kapanen and then Brocco, and then I would want a draft pick too, probably a second-round pick. Now, would you be willing to go with eh, a mid-level prospect along with Simmons to accomplish Kasperi Kapanen? Uh, mid-level, no. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you, like, Mark Friedman mm-hmm. and... And you and Simmons, and then you're going to give me Kapanen and a two, and a two, and maybe like a six. Okay, all right. So to balance it, because when they extended William Nylander, yeah, Kapanen almost becomes redundant now, right? Right. Especially considering their cap situation coming up in the off season. Now here's the other thing: I would try and make a Nylander trade because Nylander's not doing well there. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's come out cold since he's resigned, and so right now I. You know, I would try Nylander too, but that one you are going to have to sweeten it a little. Mm-hmm. So that might that might be like Wayne. You're fine with that contract, right? Yeah. Six point nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it might be Wayne Simmons, and maybe you have to give up. You might have to give up Philippe Myers. You mm-hmm. might, but if you could get Nylander and then maybe a conditional first or a second, I'll do it. Yeah, and we're a situation where maybe it's a second round pick, and if. Simmons pays dividends where they get to a conference final. Yeah. Then boom, it kicks into a one. The Leafs desperately need another defenseman, too. Mm-hmm. And they might feel like, hey, you know what? By the end of the season, we could bring up Myers late in the year. Yep. We could get some mileage out of him. I know Flyers fans are gasping because they want Myers. But you yeah. know what? Flyers need a veteran defenseman. They do. 
They really do. And and, and at some point, Sam Moran will at least get a, a look-see when he's healthy, whenever that is. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. it's lingering on. I so, talked to him the other night in the press box, and, and he said he's pushing it hard now. He's trying to get his yeah. cardio there. Yeah. Uh, but he said he's on target for that February return. Okay, so he'll get a look-see. But, you know, those... He'll are, go to the Phantoms first. But, yeah, he'll go to the Phantoms first. Yep. He'll be there for a little while. But, yeah, I, I, I go for Kapanen, I go for Nylander, or I go for Brocco. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you about a couple individual players in regards to the Flyers. Two guys that have underwhelmed... Um, on epic proportions, in my opinion, James Van Riemsdyk and Nolan Patrick, both were supposed to come in here and do a job and be uh, uh, two players that would drive offense. Neither has done much of anything. Now, Patrick's had a couple of injuries. He suffered through some concussions over the last couple of years. and But he he looks like a guy that can get there. Yeah. But when he gets there, nothing is accomplished. I think that's He's more... Avoiding... Con- you know, avoiding you know, any kind of collisions or anything. Right. I I think he's still not fully figured out what he is as a hockey player. I mean, he's got 11 points in 36 games. He is only 20. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to put up with two or three more years where I'm just seeing little things, and I do see little flashes in him, and I do see mm-hmm. some of the finesse coming out in his game. But it is hard. It's hard when... You are expected to produce like that at 20. Not every player can do He's that. He's got an NHL body, though. He, but he, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. the mind. Yeah. It's... This is we've talked about it. This is the first he's on a bad team too. He's is, on a bad team, yeah. but this is the first year he's been able to really train like an NHLer in the off season. Mm-hmm. Give him one more of those. Let's see what he looks like next year. So I'm a little easier on him than probably most are. All right, let's go to James Van Riemsdyk. He was the huh. big free agent acquisition. Yeah. You and I talked about it at the time. It was you know none of us wanted to go that many years. Right. I think we were okay with the cap hit because the percentage of cap. Uh, but that being said, guy who averaged per eighty two in his six years in Toronto, thirty and a half goals. He's got a lot of making up to do. He does, but I think we both also agreed on that on a good team, he's a good piece. 15 minutes a night. When he's a bad, when he's on a bad team, he's a bad piece. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I, I watched the other night, it was against the Capitals, and he's literally just sitting by the net waiting for someone to feed him the puck. Like he's once or twice a game, I see him making a pass, trying to create something. But he's playing pretty lazy out there and just looking to cherry pick. And yeah. I, I'm not. There was a, a back check in the game the other night. It's just horrible. I'm, I'm just not a fan of that. I think he could do better and give more. I do think it's not all his fault in the sense that the direction of this team and coaching has changed a lot this yeah. year. It, it it was like. Typical Hackstall coaching, then it was like Hackstall trying to be tougher coaching, and, and now it's Gordon, and even the Gordon message isn't fully getting through yet. Yeah. Because players, so I, I think there's a little bit of that, but I'm not letting him off the hook. He's having a horrible year. All right. Before we get to the, the goalie conundrum in regards to the Flyers, let's get to the value of some of these players. And you sent me a text the other day um, because you heard some debate about the value of Flyers veteran players. So kind of explain where you're coming from here. All right. So I heard on 97.5 The Fanatic, mm-hmm. Mike Misnelli talking about it. Like, hey, who can we trade? Can we trade Claude Giroux? Can we Jake, trade Jake Voracek? No, they don't really have any value, so I guess we can't. That's baloney. Mm-hmm. Now, Voracek would be a harder guy. We've talked about that. because of, million cap. Because of the salary. He yep. is a talented guy, but this year he's really just a passenger. Like, he is... He is just a, a floater, a passenger. Every bad word. The other night, he did score three points. He's scoring in garbage time now. Mm. He does need to Bobby Abreu elevate points. his game. But Claude Giroux is doing everything great. Like even in the in the Washington game, that goal was spectacular. Yeah, I think people in this town now are starting to treat Claude Giroux like Mike Schmidt, and it's and it's bad because 
A, you have to watch him really every game to see what he can do. He penalty kills. He does little things. He's always trying to start his teammates. Nobody ever tries to make Claude Giroux better on, on no. any Flyers team that I could ever think of. No. But he's always trying to make his line mates better so the team would benefit. And he does anything for the team. He could still he's still got a, a, a great one timer. Is his speed what it once what it once was? No, and his speed has has become a little bit of a factor. He makes up for that with hockey IQ. Yes, but it does make up for it in hockey IQ. I also think he ate a little much in the off season when he got married and mm-hmm. came in a little too spongy. many pieces of cake. Came in a little spongy too, but he could still play. He has value. If all of a sudden Claude Giroux was on the market, you definitely could get a first round pick. You definitely could get a top prospect, and you might even be able to get another prospect. Yeah, he he's got a situation too where at this point with his productivity, he's underpaid. Yes. Technically, he's underpaid. He's underpaid. Yeah. When you consider 102 points last year on pace to be well over a point per game again this year. Yeah, if he was on the market. 40% of team scoring he's in on. Yeah, if he was on the market, you know, he would get $2 million more a year than Van Riemsdyk. At yeah, least. yeah, yeah. He he'd be a nine and a half million dollar player. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Uh, but he's not, and he's got a no move clause. Matter of fact, two Flyers players. Somebody tweeted me the other day and asked me, "Do the Flyers hand out no move clauses like candy?" So I, I did some research on it. They have one player under full no move clause. That's Claude Giroux. They have one right. player under no trade clause. That's Wayne Simmons, and that's it. They okay. have the least amount of restrictions on contracts of any team in the National Hockey League. I think they learned. I mean, again, I always tell mm-hmm. the story of Mike Rathje when he was sort of done. He was sort of hanging out here, and I would go to Voorhees, and I would be watching, like, you know, prospect games or whatever, and Rathje's sitting there, and he just kept getting paid. I think they got burned on it so much that, yeah, they— Yeah. And I don't know if he had a no-trade. I'm just saying, they, they older players— they just tended to, tended to stick around here and then get hurt, and then they couldn't do anything with them. And so I think based on those kinds of things, they didn't go heavy on guys like that with yeah. no trades and no moves. And yeah. we have to give Paul Holmgren credit for that. We do rip on him for other things. He does get credit for that. Yeah, now one other thing, if you want to give Paul Holmgren credit, was back after the 6 7 season, they teed themselves up during that horrible season where they were the worst team in the league. Yeah. They ended up with the number two pick, took Van Riemsdyk. Yep. Um, they also made some trades in season, which turned into Hartnell and Kimo Timonen. Which I don't think you could ever do again. Can't I know people, yeah. I, I, people are talking about whether they should try and do that again. Players don't really, most of the time, I don't have a stat, but when you're getting a player's rights, I would say it's probably a 30% chance you're getting that guy signed. And I and it could be less now because guys really want to hit free agency these days because now that the salaries are so much higher, back then the salaries weren't as yeah. high. You're right. You're coming out of the lockout. They, they weren't The HRR was yep. not that high. Yep. Um, and but we but to, he also did sign Briere in that also. But we also have to face one other thing, too. This noise is my water bottle, so. <laughs> well, get, well, cleanse your palate. The other thing is... There is this notion that is gone in my eyes that, well, the Flyers are a great organization and players want to come here. I don't believe that anymore. I think that used to be the case. You know, we heard that with players like Dan Boyle. I remember guys would come in and they would just sort of say, yeah, I would play here if I ever got traded or whatever. We don't hear that anymore. And I don't think that that's the case anymore. I think that's changed. I think the Flyers organization has to prove it to players now. Uh, just being in a good area, in a great place, and people are nice isn't Passionate enough. Fans, yeah, the whole thing. It's not enough. Well, and, and the players are more mercenary now than they've ever been. Yes. They like, go where the money's at. Um, last thing in regards to and the And I don't Flyers. rip them for that. I mean— No, it's the right. Yeah. It's, it's been collectively bargained that they can do that. Right. Um, the goalie conundrum. At this point, and seeing what's out there on the market, and knowing the situation of this year, does Carter Hart stay the remainder of the season? I wouldn't. 
But I think there's a chance he does. Yeah. See, I would prefer that he doesn't as well. Yeah. But I don't know what the options are. Well, Brian Elliott's still three, four weeks away from skating, from getting back in the, in there. Michael Neuvert out again, and we could we could do an episode on Michael Neuvert. Right. I mean, he he has that game where he's frustrated, and, and then all of a sudden he's hurt again. Although, if we do an episode on Neuvert, I want to get his new trainer on the show because I, I got to talk to that guy. It'll be our last episode. <laughs> it will be because <laughs> Woolinger we'll ourself doing it. Yes. Um, so I think we have to resign ourselves that there's a chance that he could be here the remainder of the season. Well, I, and maybe I, Stolarz is here uh, as well. Okay, when he gets healthy, maybe. Here, here's what we could do: is we could say, yes, if you want to be competitive, Carter Hart has to stay. But you could still try and win and have Alex Lyon there, even though he may not be a great NHL goalie. I get it; everybody's yep. probably screaming. Or even Mike McKenna, I get it. But. Do you want Carter Hart at the end of the year to have a record of like I don't know four fifteen and four with a good, really good goals against and a really good save save percentage? Yeah, like a two point eight goals against and a, and a nine fifteen save. Or percentage. would you rather have him go down there and have him try and get Lehigh in the playoffs and maybe get a, a Calder Cup? Yeah. And and that's what Carey Price did. I watched it. It mm-hmm. was Carey Price against Neuverth actually. Yeah. When I watched it back in the day, and so. That helped Carey Price a lot. Yeah. I would like to see that help Carter Hart. I don't think staying in the NHL helps him. Let him get a few more games in this window and then send him down. That's the way I think it should go. And I don't care who's in net. I really don't. Actually, I brought up, I was on Sirius XM with, with Scott Lawton the other day, and I brought up the fact that with McKenna's black mask, he looked like the, the masked marauder on, on Bugs Bunny. Yeah. And of course, that, that was Bugs Bunny when he would face <laughs> the Crusher and, and other guys, right? Uh, but. The interesting thing was then then he brought up that, you know, there's that show where, I guess, a singing show, like The Voice, where they wear a mask and you don't know who's singing. Yeah, the masked singer. So he said, what about the masked goalie? What if the Flyers had the masked goalie? And then he said, and one night it'll be, and that was Bernie Perron, you know, the way Scott says it. It was really funny. Uh, At this point, that would be more entertaining than watching the Flyers sometimes. Let's, I mean, we have to be realistic. The great unknown. Yeah. So I don't think it matters that much. I know people originally thought, hey... Carter Hart will fill the stands. He's not filling the stands. Yeah. He's not. He, not yet. No, good hockey fills the stands. Yeah. Winning fills yeah. the stands. It's just they have other things going on in this town. I don't – and I do agree with Bill Meltzer who tweeted out, hey, you don't have to lose for Hughes. I agree with that because the odds of getting Hughes are slim, yep. and there's no reason that you shouldn't try and win. But are you trying to win at all costs? No. I wouldn't no. try and win at all costs. No, and they're not going to take that approach. Right. Um, let's talk about Sergey Bobrovsky because some news broke today in regards to, to Bob. He's not with the team or was sent home from the trip there in Nashville. He's not there. Yarmo Kekalainen and said, I'm not going to speculate on any of that until we resolve the issue. There's an issue. Yep. We'll meet before practice on Friday. There are certain values and expectations we have for the players, no matter who it is. If you don't live up to them, there are going to be consequences. So this is – we've heard some other – seen some other smoke in regards to Columbus and Bob. He's in the yep. final year, obviously. Yep. Um, how does this play out? Well, it's interesting because it sounds like it could be like a coach-player thing. It does. And it wouldn't shock me. Torts has had, you know, weird situations with goalies before. John Graham oh, yeah. comes to mind. Uh, so maybe it's that. I know Yarmo doesn't put up with anything, and I give him great credit for that. He does rule with an iron fist, mm-hmm. and he doesn't care who it is. And clearly Bob is, yeah. is a guy that they desperately need, yeah. and he doesn't care. So whatever he did, I back Yarmo on this no matter what. Bob's in the wrong. It yeah. doesn't matter. If he saw something 
that was not within what should happen on a team, he's in the wrong. So what this does is this gives Corpusalo a tryout. Mm-hmm. And this really, if he wins clears the spot, two out of these three games or wins these three games and Torch sees something like these guys like playing in front of him, he's going to whisper to Yarmo, hey, you know what? You could trade Bob and we'll, we'll get by. We'll yeah. be okay. Don't trade Panarin. Do me a favor because, you know, he's the lifeblood of our offense. And yeah, let's we'll try and take a run with Panarin. And they have, them, and they have a billboard for Panarin in Columbus. I give them credit. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people sort of pigeonhole that team because they don't think it's a good hockey market. It really is. Yeah. They love hockey there. I've been there more than a couple times and have been very impressed yeah. with the fans, with the place. So, And Panarin took a picture of himself in front of that billboard. Oh, that's cool. Because why not? Uh, so I think. Bob could be could be dealt this year. I originally I thought they were going to have to keep him to make the run and deal Panarin. Now I think it's the other way. Um, real quick on a couple of guys, Ottawa Senators Stone and Duchesne. How does this play out? Because these are two very interesting names. Yeah, I I have gotten the vibe. I don't talk to Matt Duchesne. I don't know, but I've gotten the vibe. That And anytime I say he's from the area, people get mad because they're like, oh, he's like two and a half hours away. Whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. He, he, he likes that general area. He does. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to see that guys are going to get jettisoned out, and there will be salary for him because you still have to meet the minimum cap requirements. Yeah. So I think Stone is the guy that's gone now. I think Stone, they're not going to be able to come to a deal and there's with. There's a market for him. Oh, my God. Mark, yeah. I mean, I've told you, he's the best player of my fantasy hockey team. Mm-hmm. He is. Says a he's, lot about your fantasy hockey team. No, my no, fantasy okay. hockey team's in the playoffs, by okay. the way. Uh, <laughs> sixth ranked in, in the conference. Out of six teams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we play all 31. Uh, we have a cap. We have everything. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's tough. But anyhow, um, getting back to it, I look at it and I say, Stone is so good, he really will get the biggest haul. Yeah. And again, there are going to be conditions, right? Because, you know, you're going to have to come to an agreement with him for a deal and everything else. Yep. But I think Stone is the guy that goes. Yeah. Um, real, I want to talk to you about this real quick because the other night when the Flyers played the Capitals, Radko Gudis had a hit on Travis Boyd. I think it was in the third period. And uh, Smith Pelly came over. It was a good, clean, open ice hit yeah. on, a, on a rush. Inside the flyer zone, Gudis pivots, good hit, clean hit, no high, nothing, players not hurt, anything. Smith Pelly comes over and decides to drop the gloves with Radko Gudis. Um, and I heard Brian Boucher was doing the game, and I texted him immediately because I didn't like yeah. what he said. <laughs> and what he was saying is, that's good on Smith Pelly for coming over and defending his teammate. Well, I get the defense of a teammate, yeah, I yeah, get the we, defense of like superstars, yeah, right? Yes. But are we in a situation in the NHL right now where you cannot even hit a guy cleanly without there being repercussions? Yes. Now, this isn't Wayne Gretzky. Yes. You know, the guys that need protecting, and it's not a small guy like Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, Travis Boyd's 5'10", 185 pounds. He can handle himself. Yep. He's not Elias Pettersson no. who weighs a buck thirty. Right. So when I look at that, is that where we're at now? Yeah, I think and we're— is that good? I mean— I don't know if it's good. I know they are trying to protect players. There is a point where you can protect them too much. I think that is where we're at. I've noticed for the last two years, anybody who checks Jake Voracek hard, he cries. Mm -hmm. And he does. He goes right to the ref. Mm -hmm. He always thinks he's going to get a penalty. That's, you know, so I've noticed that. I've also noticed that Radko Gudis, anytime he lays a perfectly great hip check, almost always goes to the box because yeah. you're not really allowed to hip check anymore, even though it used to be a staple of the game. And oh, really, it one of the great ways to hit. And it doesn't involve anybody's head. And nowadays, it's hard to hip check a guy because these guys are so fast. Yep. So He used to just pivot that one leg and yeah. against the boards, boom, flip him over, and you were yeah. good to go. Yeah. So I, I honestly think this is where we're at. 
Uh, yeah, good for Smith Pelly, whatever, yada yada. Yeah. But it shouldn't have. Like been. I get Bush's point in, in the do. sense that hey, you're you're protecting a teammate, yeah. and that's the role of Devontae Smith Pelly. That's yeah. one of the things why he's on the team. Yeah. But that being said, you know they got a guy Tom Wilson on their team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who doesn't only hit a ton of guys, but he's a guy that goes after people's heads. Yeah. Now I'd want a Tom Wilson on my team every day of the week. Sure. Because what does he do? He gets you. I don't out know of your in two game. years if you will want Tom Wilson. Maybe that'll not. be the question. Maybe not, but you know, look, he's playing top line minutes. Yeah, he's been effective for that. But team. in two years, when the Capitals start trending down a little, and yeah. maybe he's not as fast as he once was, not scoring as many goals, mm-hmm. and then can't hit with a ton of bricks, you may not want him anymore. He might well, turn into Sean Avery. Yeah, and and the way this league's going, Tom Tom Wilson's and Devontae Smith Pelly's, frankly, and Radko Gudis's are going to be a scarce. Type of player. Well, I don't know about physical Gutis. players. I don't know about Gudis. I know it's. I don't think it's going to be all physical players. I think the physical players will figure out how to hit like they figured out how to hit in the NFL. I do think that's going to be the case. But right now, yeah, the the enforcers like there's not much time left for these guys in this yeah. sport. All right. Um, another thing I wanted to hit you with was I want you to explain this rule to me. Why, when there's a challenge for an offside on a goal, and it is determined that it was offsides, everything that happened. After the offsides, the clock goes back to when that right. offside play happened. Right. Nothing happened after that. Right. But if there's a penalty infraction after that, like there was on Shane Gossespierre the other night on Tom Wilson, right. oddly enough, on that offside empty net goal, then Ghost went to the box. Right. Any any logic behind that? There's no logic. I actually like the rule that they had a couple of years ago where they went back and looked to see if it was a penalty, but let the play keep going. And then when there was a stoppage, they would go see it. They wouldn't stop anything, so this way there was a goal, whatever. If they were wrong. Yep. But if they were wrong, a guy would go into the box. I think that's better than what they're doing now. Yeah, That is a little crazy. It feels a little clumsy to me. Now, it, if there's a clumsy. major or uh, an infraction that happens in that time that yeah. is... You know, for the Department of Player Safety, I guess. I mean, if you want to get really frank, I'm tired of the offside. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of the offside. I don't care if his little bit of escape blade was off the ice and you caught it on a freeze frame. Like, seriously, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't. Yeah, and the heart of the rule has been taken out by technicality. No question about it. Um, Okay, let's get to the uh, midseason awards real quick. Just a couple of them I want to hit you on. Uh, First and foremost, let's start with the Hart Trophy, the big one. What are we calling these awards? Uh, The midseason Hart. No, you got to have a better name, a show name for it. Like, you didn't prepare for this. I'm sorry. No, not at all. This is random today. Uh, i got enough going on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, The midseason award, uh, but for the Hart Trophy right now, the candidates are are pretty obvious. You know, Connor McDavid's at like 49 or 50% of his team's scoring. His team's not in the playoff bubble right now, but um, they're on the outside looking in. Um, You look at Nikita Kucherov, who's been sensational. You look at Miko Rantanen, been unbelievable, although they're starting to take on some water now in Colorado. Uh, and then you look at Johnny Gaudreau. Where are you going with your midseason heart? I have a different guy. Do you? You don't have anybody that I mentioned? No. Where are you going? I'm going Freddie Anderson. Okay. Because if you saw what the Leafs have been like without Freddie Anderson, and mm-hmm. they don't have a great defense, he there's an argument that he could win a Vezina and a heart mm-hmm. if they go really far. So a lot of people have a problem with the goaltender I, winning the heart. I don't have a problem with it. I don't either. And frankly, I would have given Carey Price the heart trophy the year after he won the heart trophy. Yeah. Because when he wasn't there, you saw what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think Anderson <clears throat> means that too this year. Yeah. I do. Well, John, to me, I think the, the, the leader for the Vezina right now, let's just go to that one, is either going to be Freddie Anderson or John Gibson's just been unbelievable. Uh, there's one more guy. 
Who you got? Pecorine's in that too. Yeah. He's back in there. No, no, don't. His numbers say, are. You're right. His numbers are off the charts. I, I mean, I had a great conversation with Jeff Keelty, who's their director of scouting and amateur scouting, and. I said to him, I said, I have to apologize to you and Pecorine because I didn't think he would come back this strong this year. And he just praised his offseason work, and he also praised that he did change the way he sort of approaches. Now, and if you watch him, he is a little different. A little he, more under control. Yes. Yep. And so, because he realized now that, and we don't want to say stationary goalies because everybody's a butterfly. Nobody's stationary, but positional goalies are where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. So the so the de- defense knows where you are, so they know where you're going to direct the puck if you're not going to yep. be able to cover it. All those things matter. So yeah. I think Pecorini's in there, too. All right. Um, let's go to the Calder. Is this just a okay. landslide and there's just no way around it? I and mean, then you called this from Jump Street. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's always a way around it. He could get hurt and be out the rest of the season. But he's been uh, out a couple of times already. Right. But otherwise, no, it's Elias Patterson. Like he, you and I were talking, he's before. one of the best players in the league. He's a regular All Star. Yeah, he's not a young star. Yeah, he's an All Star. Yeah, we were talking before taping, and yeah. and he is legit. He's a superstar in the league already. Yeah. Now, I'll give you a dark horse, Colin White. Mm-hmm. Colin White is still in rookie, even though he had played parts of seasons. Yeah. You know, there's that rookie he's thing. Still where you have under to play. that. Yes, yeah. he's still under that umbrella. So Colin White, you know, he's been playing all along and playing great. But honestly, it's it's Pedersen's. Okay, I want to give you a couple and, of teams. And sure, Rasmus Dahlin, if he has continues and has yeah. a great second half and puts up more points, would I be shocked if he wanted if Pedersen went out with an injury? No. No, he's no. been that good. Um, and to step in at that position is and really look at the difficult. Team. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's meant a lot. Skinner and Dahlin have made a huge difference. Carter Hart, too. Uh, not Carter Hart. Carter Hutton. Carter Hutton. Yeah. Have made a big difference in, in Buffalo, too. And they've solidified their yes. goaltending. One of the great stories, too, by the way, is Robin Lehner. Yeah, Robin Lehner is a great story. What I a mean, story. I, I told people there's no way the Islanders could have known that he was going through that 100% and was going to lick it and go back to the Robin Lehner of two, three years ago where I was re- I was really high on him. A lot of people were, yeah. And, and I used to really back him, and I backed him for years, and then... Even even last year, he showed moments, like in the outdoor game, he was really good against the Rangers, yeah. but it's an outdoor game. So then I just sort of said, ah, I don't know about Robin Leonard anymore. Well, good on and, for going public with it, too. Yes, and and so he has really exercised his demons and gone back to the goalie we all thought he could be, and that has made a big difference, besides Trotz and, and everything else, but that's made a huge difference for the Islanders. Yeah, make, Trotz has made Thomas Grice, Grice a lot better, too. Thomas Grice wasn't getting the Islanders anywhere. No, no, no. They're going to go on the back of uh, Robin Leonard. Um, okay, I want to throw you a bunch of teams and sit. And what I want to know if these teams are contenders to be playoff teams okay. or pretenders. And there's some interesting teams in here. So let's start in the Eastern Conference. Let's start out with Buffalo. Are they a playoff team? Will they be a playoff team when we get to the first week of April? Yes. You believe that they will hang I, in? I believe they're winning without Jack Eichel. Yeah. For all the naysayers. And the Skinner dynamic is huge. It's massive. And for all the naysayers for Jeff Skinner, yeah. he's scoring without Jack Eichel. Yeah. So I don't want to hear it. He's a perfect fit there. He, I feel like he had a a big weight off his shoulders when he left Carolina. Yep. I think he felt like he was, I don't want to say reborn, but, you know, like has a new slate. And this has been massive for him. And now he looks like the Jeff Skinner of three, four years ago. And he is a force every single yeah. game. Well, the thing is, too, is when you have Eichel there, he's the, he's the limelight, you know, center I mean, like, stage. He, you know what? Because of Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, Eichel doesn't get the credit he deserves. No. He is a tremendous player. If you watch him every day, he's unbelievable to watch. He's a point-of-game guy. Hands. He's incredible hands, great skater. Mm-hmm. He's He can be physical when he wants to be. 
But those other two guys block it, block oh. it out, man. They shade them. Yep, you're at and line A too, and line A so a little go bit. With line A in that, in yeah. that McDavid draft. Uh, uh, the Montreal Canadiens contender or playoff uh, pretender. This is a tough one. I really Shea Weber comes back. I know, and, come, and a lot of people thought, oh, Shea's going to come back. He's going to screw up. He's not going to be able to play this high flying. You know, no, 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 it's Shea Weber, man. I, he's made a difference. He's they made him he even better. Yes, uh, I think they they could come up short. Okay, is I that do. Carey Price related? Uh, it's because I noticed he's not going to be in the All Star game. Mm. Like he might be, you know, either he's been hampered here and there. Yeah, he's got little nagging injuries. Mm-hmm. They're definitely going to make some sort of move, but even even Bergevin had sort of said we're looking towards the future here. We're not, so they're not going heavy into trying to make the playoffs this year yeah. with a big-time trade like they had when they got Joanne or somebody like that. So I think they're just going to miss. They're, they're, they've proved themselves that they're going in the right direction. Correct. That buys equity And they Montreal. had a bunch of guys in the World Juniors, too, who yep. did great. They have seven guys? I don't know if it was six. seven, but they had a good yeah. amount. And, and Romanov, the Alexander Romanov, the defenseman mm-hmm. for Russia, was just spectacular. Yeah. So um, And Yel- and Yelonen... Uh, won a gold with Finland. Like those are two really key cogs, and right Caden there. Caden Primo was good, and Caden Primo was really yeah, good he's too. A property of theirs. Somebody, well. some organization traded <laughs> with with the Canadians, so the Canadians could pick Caden Primo. Who was and that? That would Jason? be the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, uh, Florida Panthers contender or pretender for the playoffs. I mean, I have to say pretender. I it's proven it to me the too. Luongo effect isn't enough. I honestly think Bugner should be out of there. I don't mm-hmm. think he's doing a good job. I think they have a better roster than what the results are. I don't like what's happening there. Nobody shows up to see games. It's bad. Yeah, that's a tough place to play. It's bad. It really it's, is. And it's a nice rink. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I like it. But it's bad. It's getting bad. All right, right on a point outside the playoff bubble right now is the New York Islanders. They lose John Tavares. And well, they get Barry Trotz. They have a vision for their future now, which is very clear-cut. Uh, with Lou there running the show, yeah. Lamorello, and Barzell, awesome, pl- great player. But his points are less than with Tavares. Mm-hmm. I pointed which is to, amazing. I know. But he's still at .93, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Uh, just in his second year. Yeah. So you look at that team, playoff pretender or contender? That's a really hard call. It, it, this is as hard of one as I think they and, will find. And the Metro has issues, and... And because now, because well, they're I a point out of the third spot in the metro. Yeah, they're not getting that. Yeah, but because now that I don't think the Canadians can make it, now if I have to use my brain, I'm going to have to say the Islanders are going to make it, just because the metro is not that good. Yeah, and the drop off after the Islanders is significant. It's significant. Carolina. And Carolina did get hot, mm-hmm. and I did say that if they got decent goaltending for a month, they could get back in it. But I they think can't it, sustain goaltending though. That's, I, that's unless they were to make a trade, you know. But Bob? I think. I mean, I think they're not going to trade him. I think division. I think Bob could go to Calgary. I think yeah. I think you could get Smith. You're back. not buying Riddich? N- no, no, not long term. Mm. No, but I think they'll keep Riddich. But I think they would trade Smith back in that deal. And I think I think Columbus would look to get somebody like a Jankowski because mm-hmm. they still don't have enough centers. Yep. He and he's not getting enough playing time there. He he had 17 goals last year. He's only got seven this year. I heard people say Sam Bennett. I, I wouldn't want Sam Bennett if I was Columbus. I think he's in the right role now. Like he's almost like that Sean Avery kind yeah. of guy, but he's never going to be a top goal scorer. So I, and not, I neither will Jankowski, but Jankowski yeah. could score twenty. Yeah. Uh, all right, in the Western Conference, the Avalanche, contender or pretender? No, no, they're they're a contender. Okay, they're, they're and they're not going to make well. a move. It doesn't matter. Okay, they're just going through a little lull. We did see. Uh, Nathan McKinnon barking at Jared Bednar yeah. the other day. We did see that. But McKinnon is a – I've interviewed him a lot. 
He is a high-energy guy. He is fully invested, competitive, mm-hmm. feisty. Uh, I interviewed him after a junior game once, and it was in it was in Quebec, I think. And guys were throwing stuff on the ice. Fans were throwing stuff on the ice, and he he loved it. He just if it's a circus, he's happy. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah, this is what they do here. It's Bed- fine. By he way, was okay with that. Bednar was my pick for. The Jack Adams. And he still could be. Yeah. And he still could be. I didn't like seeing that argument, though. I don't want so, my, but, so, my, my guy getting fired because he can't get along with the captain. So my but, point is McKinnon doesn't mind if it gets colorful. He just wants to win. Yeah. So he comes from a good place. He does. Uh, how about the Minnesota Wild on the outside looking in? No, the they're, they're going to make it. They're going to make gonna, it? Yeah. They always do. I, it's not even, I'm not even going to default to the always do. I see Devin Dubnik is playing better. Mm. That's a good thing. Second half, if he's strong, that's good. My my edict for them was if Parisi and Stahl are in there, I think they can make it. How did I know that Matt Dumble would go out for so many months though? Yeah. You take out a, a one off of like you take Morgan Riley out. Yep. You take uh, killer McAvoy for the rest of the season. Yep. You know you start doing that. It is a killer, yep. but I think they could overcome it. They will make a deal at the deadline too, yep. and it wouldn't shock me if they make the sort of deal where they take back. Like I could see Niederreiter going. Mm-hmm. And I could see them getting back or like a younger person who they feel like could do it, hasn't done it. So they save a little on the cap, but they're still competitive. I think they could do something like that. Well, Jake Voracek would be an option. Though. Yeah, but that wouldn't be not for not for Niederreiter. No, you'd have to it'd be a different trade, but yeah. it's an interesting kind of spot. Yeah, for if him. they were going to have to get Voracek, you'd almost have to include Parisi just to match up the salaries. But, yeah. you know, that that's not going to Well, happen. they're not going to trade Parisi. No, no, no. Uh, the Ducks and Canucks. Ducks and Canucks. Canucks are definitely a pretender. And the Ducks... They just give up too many shots. They give up too many quality scoring chances. Goalie's been bad But they're not even 100%. Last year, they I never thought, are. <laughs> I know. Last year, I thought the Ducks could, could go all the way to the Stanley Cup. They were my pick to go to the Cup. And, and they didn't do it. This year, they sort of looked like they could. And they've made good trades. Daniel Sprong has worked out well there. Mm-hmm. I like everything they've done. The core is still aging. I'm going to say they're going to miss. Okay. Oh, they'll miss. Wow. That's very interesting. Sorry, Ducks fans. All right. Last thing to get to. Um, this is a Russ Cohen. We're going to hold you to this one. Everybody holds even tell me you to everything. About this. Didn't hold you. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this. You didn't tell me about a lot of these things. No, so that's, that's what's fun. Um, I didn't tell you about any of them. No. <laughs> Will we see, I'll set the over-under at one and a half. Over or under one and a half offer sheets. This NHL offseason? Zero. Zero. Again, we keep hearing about this. It's baloney. It's just not going to It's It's there. It's, it's not going to happen. Taking. Look at this RFA class. When's the last time you've seen a unicorn? Uh, Shea Weber. What about a UFO? <laughs> Shea Weber. What about Bigfoot? <laughs> Shea Weber. No. I mean, it didn't just, work, but... <laughs> but it didn't work. And actually... But this is different. But what if it did? Go back. What well, if it did? Yeah. That, would, that would not look pretty in a year or two that... That no, whole thing. It, in hindsight, you're glad it didn't happen. Sometimes it's and that not was Holmgren, right? Yeah, yeah. And he tried, tried to tie the national predators in, in knots, and and he did, and he did because they Shea all Weber to, should send him a gift they, basket every holiday, I, and they had to go around to all the owners that yep. they had and get get yep. them to kick in. Yeah, scrape up money, scrape up money, Couch but they cushions, did the whole thing. But they did. Uh, but this is different. Zero Matthews Marner. Line A, even the secondary group. If I had two pencils, I'd put them up my nose, just like John Belushi did in Animal House. And make a wall. And then you would ask, you would say, Mr. Belushi, your grade point average was 0.0. It's the same thing for the offer sheets. Zero. No chance. No chance. Wow, I think two general managers could collude. Yes, you've got guys that are 
you know, Lou Lamorello. Lou would never do it. Never, no? ever. And nobody would ever do it to Lou. Doing that to Lou is basically... Death sentence? Yes. That is like a death sentence. That is like doing something against the mafia. Uh-huh. It uh-huh. is. Well, yeah. Lou is like a little mob boss. <laughs> he is. <laughs> nobody will do that to a Lou. A penguin-footed nobody. mob boss. Yeah. Nobody's doing it. I'd love to see the movie. I wonder who could play Lou in the movie. You know, like a little... Uh, like Joey Pants. If he was little, Joey Pants would be good. If if he was a little younger, Danny DeVito would be great. Mm. But Joey Pants is a good one. Yeah, it would work. So you're going no offer sheets. I'm, yeah. I'm going to bet you um, uh, a Jewish deli uh, rye sandwich. You have a good deli right across here from Jimmy's. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I've been there. I like I'll it. I'll bet you a sandwich that right. there's at least one offer sheet. Okay. All right? That's on. You're right. on. We'll see what happens. All right. That's uh, Stick to Hockey episode number 39, the Dominic Hoshik episode. And we'll be back next week for a 40th Does he still episode. have a clothing line? Remember he was becoming a... Uh, a guy who's going to have a clothing line. Yeah, he he was becoming a designer. Is that right? Yeah, he became a designer, wow. but I don't know. We'll have to get, yeah, well, I'll have to look online. I'll have to retweet a picture of, of his collection. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Maybe I'll get some uh, of the, the Dominator duds. Maybe. Okay. All right, everybody, enjoy your hockey this week. Follow Russ on Twitter at Sportsology. Follow myself at Jason Mert. Follow the podcast at Stick to Hockey Pod. You want to mention the, the live show? You might want to do that. Yeah, well, it's coming up on February 2nd. We're going to have a live show. It's going to be at Xfinity Live at Ball uh, at Bullies, and we'll have all the details. It's going to be after a Flyers game, uh, probably 4.30 to 6. And a bunch of the other uh, hockey podcasts in the Philadelphia area are going to be involved, Broad Street Hockey, uh, crossing broadcast with uh, Gritty will Anthony be there. Sifu- yeah, Gritty will be there. Some Flyers alumni. It's going to be a big to do. So we'll give you all the details as they uh, they firm up. But uh, it's coming up uh, in just about three and a half weeks time. So everybody, though, enjoy your hockey over the next week, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Stick to Hockey Podcast.